Hello everyone, and welcome back to Young People in Politics. Following on from our previous two episodes, I sat down with Rob O'Donnell, International Liaison Officer and Acting Chairperson for the Young Greens, to talk all things CETA and the future of the Youth Wing. If there's anything particularly interesting you heard in this show, or would like to just get in contact with us to voice your opinion, you can do so by commenting below or emailing us at johnson.business.yt at gmail.com. With that out of the way, please sit back, relax and enjoy. Brilliant. All right. Well, Rob, thanks a million for joining me anyways. Uh, as a representative of the Young Greens, you know, seat has been a fairly contentious issue uh, for most parties, but particularly yours, uh, given it was such a huge part of the last general election and a big contentious issue, especially amongst the Young Greens too. Um, I first of all want to start off by asking, obviously, the Young Greens haven't made an official statement regarding CETA to date. However, they have retweeted two tweets, uh, one being from the Just Transition Green statements surrounding the agreement, which sort of welcome further scrutiny on the bill, and in particular, the investor court system. Uh, and the other one was from uh, Councillor uh, Laura uh, Donaghy, uh, praising the work for of particular Green Party TDs, councillors, and the Stop CETA Ireland for working uh, to push the ratification of CETA back. Uh, so based on this, are we to assume that the Young Greens are against CETA? Uh, yes, but there hasn't been an official vote or anything on it. And maybe if I could just go quite quickly into that, why that hasn't happened. Um, I think it's no lie that there have been quite a lot of resignations from the Green Party in general, and particularly from younger members. Um, it's a real shame. And I mean, you're free to question uh, me on that as well. Um, but yeah, the young Greens, during particularly the, the first big seated debates uh, when it was first announced that it was going to be on the Dáil agenda and um, we had decided to take two months uh, away from political activity mostly because of I think exhaustion of the members who were left um, and to be honest a lot of frustration with the government at the time and um, we since regrouped and we're having an upcoming EGM so hopefully there is some bit of a rebuild here I'm hoping for it anyways um, but yeah that, that's why there hasn't been anything official but I think that my sense of obviously my personal opinion, but also my sense of younger members, and particularly those involved with the Young Greens, is yeah, we would be quite against it. And the Green Party has been, and uh, it's been pointed out to us hey, we were campaigning in 2016 against um, uh, CETA, and particularly the, the investor courts uh, system uh, being implemented. And I mean, as a Green Party and as a, a, a Green movement, um, we're not super for these massive trade deals it doesn't really fit in with the, the green movement you know you what benefit does a massive trade deal including absolutely everything from pharmacy products to you know cheese from a, a region that uh, you know over in canada for example or um you know literally everything to just be given the free trade status when to be honest i mean it would be an awful lot more environmentally friendly and beneficial for farmers here in Ireland uh, if we, you know, made that exact same cheese here because it just makes sense. Um, you know, certain things I'd be more kind of in favour, and I think that's the kind of general consensus among green parties across the world that, you know, certain sectors should maybe have trade agreements because it makes sense. Uh, you know, medicines and things like that. Uh, looking back to the kind of the green pillars, uh, which include, you know, equality. Um, access uh, and free trade agreements can be kind of good in that sense but yeah I, that's why I think a lot of Green Party members have been against it and are still against it right now and that's where the split um, and the, the people like uh, well the TDs who have spoken out against it are, are justified and a lot of the councillors as well mm -hmm. and something that you mentioned there so yeah sorry very long-winded explanation <laughs> of why we are where we are at the moment. 
Obviously, a lot of the parties uh, would voice opposition to the agreement based on the controversial investor court system. Uh, and I think from a Greens perspective, a lot of the time that gets, seems to be brought up in the fact that uh, if a country decided to implement uh, stricter climate uh, regulations, uh, companies might see this as a threat to their profits and might be able to uh, then further use that court system in order to uh, abuse the, the state in that way for large sums of money. Uh, but however, you know, we saw back in last September, obviously on Morning Ireland, Eamon Ryan was discussing how that the CETA, uh, CETA refers to the Paris uh, Paris Agreement. So any attempt sort of to use the investor court system in that way couldn't be used to strike down government options that maybe seek to implement that said agreement. Um, what is sort of the Young Greens take on that perception of it? Because obviously Eamon Ryan at the time before the general election was very much adamantly against CETA and was attending it, you know, many rallies and protests against it, but seems to be almost a U-turn in this term. What is your sort of opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, it's well documented that the Greens back in 2016 when we had two TDs, like the two TDs that we had, Eamon Ryan and Captain Martin, were out with um, protesters about this. There has been a lot of changes introduced uh, under, well, I mean, CETA itself is effectively in action apart from the, the ICS um, part of it. And there has been some updates to this. Um, I don't know the specific details of them. They've been said to me and, and, and you know, it makes sense that there were some improvements on it, but um, it, it's not absolutely certain. And it's interesting for me to see because there are some very qualified people um, who are still adamant and would say the opposite of what Eamon Ryan said there. And this is why it is very important that the, the scrutiny goes uh, goes into this bill. And back in December, we were not happy that it was just being brought forward. And it is good that it has gone to certain committees. Um, but to be honest, my main concern with this, uh, the investor court system coming into play is the effect that it might have on future legislation. Mm-hmm. people don't or you know it's, it's natural to not want to uh set yourself up for failure in the future and uh, you know we, we don't want to oh put forward maybe new legislation in a few years time because oh well we might get sued by um canadian multinationals that are moving over here i, I think it's important as well to note that like canadian trade is quite i mean it's low um it's down in the the single percentages and the low low um, as a percentage of what we deal with it's increased slightly since CETA was really kind of enacted I don't have the official figures here now but um, when you look at the where um, trade is and what sectors um, it's a lot in medical devices um, it's a lot in pharmacy and and there'll be quite a lot of large Canadian corporations here and who have entered the market in, in areas like health and housing um, and to be honest, I don't say, for example, the state went uh, on a, a massive public housing and, you know, lo- looking at the Vienna model across the country. Um, could uh, a massive uh, multinational company who owns thousands of units in, in, in Ireland in the future, because we, we see a lot of this happening, could they potentially sue the state for this? Yes, they could. And that, I feel like, is at the back of, of the mind of legislators, or it will be. And that's probably the real lasting damage that that might come from this. And we need to make sure that there is absolutely no chance of that happening, that future legislators aren't going to be tied to this or they're not going to be scared to do bold policies. Because my 
personal political ambitions that I, we need board policies. We need a complete rethink of health and housing and the, the old way of doing it and just slight tweaks to it aren't working. And I think that's quite clear as well from the electorate based on the last election. Um, and unfortunately, we haven't really gotten that uh, in this um, government, but that's another um, story. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I think, where the real lasting damage is going to be from this, because we cannot come out of it. There's, you know, clauses of this lasting for years and years and years beyond what, uh, even if, you know, it was taken back. So we really need to scrutinize this and make sure it is foolproof that we're not signing up to something that we're going to regret. Um, and that is what I think is why it's important that it goes to committee. Um, but not just tokenistically as well, that we really need to listen to the experts here and, and people who know what they're talking about. Um, so yeah, sorry, once again, very long-winded. I tend to remember that. No worries. But do you but do you genuinely think though that like an agreement between, uh, especially an economic agreement between Canada and the European Union is going to affect uh, domestic housing policy in Ireland to a great extent? This is the thing. It, it's not just about like, will, will it? Um, I mean, who knows? Um, there have been cases, uh, particularly I think on the climate aspect of, you know, the uh, licenses uh, for drilling and things like that. And the cases have been brought forward to ICS or its equivalent across the world uh, where, where it exists. Um, because, you know, ICS uh, investor court systems have existed for quite a long time. And, you know, in certain cases, like they're, they're fine where there's a, you know, a disagreement over ships uh, in uh, uh, unclaimed waters are that's not the correct term but uh you know fishing in areas where they maybe shouldn't be like they exist for this thing because of course if i'm fishing off the coast of china and i go to the the national court there of course they're going to rule against me even though it's a, it's a contested area so the, these kind of things it makes sense but on in this area i mean i'm going to just reiterate the point it's not just about what might happen we don't know um but it's about what we might be scaring off uh people who are going to be legislating in the future um, and I think that's the big thing that's very hard to test but it's probably the thing that's going to have a bigger lasting effect here. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's fair enough I suppose at a certain point but you know when you look at these agreements a lot of the time there's a there's a lot of compromise that especially has to be done and particularly on the EU's part because you've got 27 member states that all have to agree on this particular uh, decision and you know people might point to the economic benefits that this agreement has already had with Ireland you know I think each year 1.35 billion worth of goods is exported from Canada to Ireland and vice versa you know what is it that the well I, I say this as the young greens but also asking as a broader term of what is the green party sort of proposing to offer instead uh, for these sort of businesses that have had you know what economic uptake since this agreement has kind of gradually been brought in yeah, um, I, I I I actually had the figures and um, I don't have the tab open now, but like it, it 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 is a small enough amount. Um, we're not going to cripple any industries in the same way, you know, that like Brexit would have had a massive effect if if the trade agreement wasn't set up properly. Mm -hmm. Um, Canada is a smaller trading partner. I mean, that it's not to say that particularly it might be very specified in certain sectors and they would feel um the damage to this, but I mean it has existed the, the whole time. Um, and it's the free trade aspect of it is existing already. Um, I've already said what I think about, you know, uh, mega trade agreements, um, but I don't think there's going to be a, a full pullback on this. It's just the ICS is the real potentially damaging thing here and the thing that needs further scrutiny. Um, so, so yeah, that's, sorry, that's it. So, so to kind of gauge that a little bit more, you're kind of in favor of a lot of the economic aspects. It's more the ICS that's the big drawback for you, is it? 
I mean, I'm accepting of the the the, the economic aspects of it. I think um, mm-hmm. if I, I wouldn't have, you know, we've brought in CETA, um, you know, TTIP was a, an utter mess. Um, the debate's still ongoing around it. Like Mercosur coming up again. Like um, the the potential impacts of them are all the same. Like um, there's massive. Uh, or push back against Mercosur because it is going to have a massive impact on, on um, our farming industry here because they're completely undercut and I don't think it, it's not good for the environment, it's not good for local farmers, it's not good for farmers here, um, it's not good for indigenous communities uh, in uh, South America. Like there's there's no real reason for this and the same thing can be said for all other trade agreements. Like there's there's pros and cons, um, but I, I'm conscious that we're not going to take back seat uh, we're not going to take back the free trade agreements that exist between countries in the eu it's just it, it is the way it is unfortunately or and there ha- are some good aspects to them of course um you know certain sectors health as i mentioned earlier so yeah uh, i kind of want to talk a little bit about uh the sort of the pushback this is uh come from the senior party and kind of the the drama that has almost ensued from it now um Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, it was a huge talking point of the previous election where CETA was, you know, even during the time with the program for government, it was a highly contentious issue as to whether it was going to be on the cards. And, you know, uh, the Green Party at the time, I think, were assured that CETA wasn't in the program for government, so it would be an open vote in that sense. And sort of it seems to have changed and been manipulated to a certain sense that it's no longer that, um, you know. We've seen a lot of, you know, varying TDs, councillors voicing their disagreement with Eamon Ryan and the cabinet's dealing of CETA. Is there sort of a similar split occurring in the Young Greens at the current time and point, or has that already happened? Um, I mean, it's hard for me to kind of judge. But, uh, it, it's clear that the Young Greens have, well, we, we took some time off um, as an organisation. And I mean, I have to say, like, engagement has is nowhere near where it was a year ago. Um, so it's hard for me to kind of measure that. I think generally, though, and this is very generally because, of course, there's those individuals, and um, but this is one very important thing about the Greens. You know, we do encourage open debate, and it's not just toe the party line, um, wherever. But people are generally kind of on the more left uh, side of the Green Party. I think Green parties are inherently left, anyways. When you look at their policy, I suppose in Ireland we can maybe look at our implementation, um, having only been in government twice with right wing parties, and um, but. Yeah, it, it's we generally it would be quite similar to maybe you know the Just Transition Greens as you mentioned earlier, um, and and Green parties across Europe, um, mm-hmm. in, in that sense. Uh, so yeah. And with that being said, then has there been? Uh, I know you mentioned that the party has taken a bit of time off and whatnot, but even I suppose prior to that, and even a bit more now, has there been a continued contact with maybe senior party figures surrounding the issue behind the scenes? Because you know, obviously, we haven't seen a lot in the open from an outsider's perspective. Can you kind of give us maybe an insight into how that's been going? I, I'd actually say the opposite. I think all the dirty laundry has been aired uh, on this within the Greens. Um, there were motions brought to Policy Council to do various things on this. Um, when it was first being proposed, this was in December. Um, it, the date was pushed back into the new year, initially February. It still hasn't been brought um, uh, before the dawn, and then it was in, then pushed onto committee, which I think was probably a bit of a compromise um, on, on all sides. Um, look, this is something which I still struggle with um, as a young green who joined, you know, around the time of the Green Wave. Um, 
and uh, as, as did a lot of other people. And a lot of these people have since left um, because they're not happy with the direction the party is going. And that's totally valid. Uh, I, I can understand it. Um, I suppose governing is hard. It does, and that's not a good excuse, I don't think, for every crappy decision that has been made. Um, I'm trying to say the right thing without getting myself in trouble here. Um, there would be a lot of people within the Green Party who know, okay, look, we've gotten quite a lot of good things in this programme for government. I don't deny that. We definitely do. This government is better with the Greens in it because without us, there would probably be a, a, a whole break of independence who would, you know, parish pump uh, the politics out of this country. And I don't think that would be very good for the country. Um, so it is 100% is better. And they are willing to take these these people who believe this, um, that we are better in there um, and that the country is better with us in there. You know, they're more comfortable with uh, voting against the things that we as Greens fundamentally disagree with. Um, that can be quite hard to stomach. And I don't envy the... TDs and senators who were in that position. Um, I suppose for myself, I was an election candidate, but I wasn't elected. So it's very easy for me to criticize um, and, and say what I'm thinking because there's no repercussions. It's the same for a lot of councillors as well. They really need to think, uh, you know, what side am I on here? Um, and this is the same thing happening with every single debate that is Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael policy because they are the bigger partners in this coalition, um, but it is against the Greens. and. Unfortunately, we keep losing people as these things go on. It is very, very tough and it's very demotivating. And that's why we did have a lot of issues um, within the Young Greens. But I still do think that uh, as activists and those that are still in the Young Greens, our kind of a feeling is that, well, look, there is space here for us to be heard, for our energy to be well spent and maybe get some good things out of this government, even if we fundamentally disagree with on a lot of things. And that's kind of where we are. Um, I don't know, will I say the same thing in a year's time? Um, there's definitely some rebuilding and trust to be gotten back from younger members. And I think the whole green movement, um, I think we got very lucky as a party uh, that we had a green wave, which was led by non-party activists. Um, but also at the same time, I do think that the green party is, is always going to be the green um, party in, in people's eyes, as in the party that at its core looks after the environment um, and is about climate action. Um, so yeah, it's, it's complicated, it's difficult. I have my ups and downs as a member. Um, I think I'm fairly okay at the moment. Uh, talk to me in a few weeks, I could be, you know, cursing about things that are happening and totally disagreeing with them but you know that's that's tolerated within the green party um and that's it mm -hmm. really i think um i just want to kind of touch on a note because one of the things was with the previous uh um uh, young greens committee uh was that they felt that they weren't being listened to a lot of the time that the senior party was kind of brushing them to the side and i think we're kind of starting to see that on more of a senior level now a lot of the councillors don't feel like they identify with the even the cabinet or the junior ministers from the Green Party in this case. Uh, I think the most recent example of that has to be Hazel Chu running for the Shannon and not uh, being, you know, backed by the Green Party, uh, or at least by certain members. I know Catherine Martin has said that she's going to back Hazel Chu. Uh, do you think that this, that this is a growing problem in the Greens, that they need to address this sort of divide uh, at one point or another? Is it laziness on Eamon Ryan's part to not reach out to them and try and see what's going on? Or is it kind of 
Oh, well, both sides are to blame. I, I think it comes back to that issue I just raised there about like some people are, you know, gritting their teeth and are willing to take the the crap um, that comes with being in government with two right wing parties, mm-hmm. um, and others are not. Um, I need to be careful what I say again, so I don't get myself <laughs> sorry. I do sit on the executive committee as well of the party as um, the, the acting chair of the Young Greens, so I would be privy, you know, to to a lot of things that are happening. Um, but I mean, I support Hazel too in her run, um, and I think it's a, a shame that all of this is being aired in public. Um, and I would hope she does well in the Shannon election, and I hope she is elevated to national politics, if not now, in the future. Um, your question about the party leader, um, I mean, look, it comes back to that as well, and I think it's probably a lose-lose for him if he stands up to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael more often. We lose the the goodwill um, from from them on certain things, and particularly in the middle of the climate uh, action bill. I mean, this is the core reason for the greens existing we're literally legislating and mandating that for the over the next 10 years and the 20 years afterwards that we have to reduce our emissions and if the green party experiences a wipeout in uh, at the next election at least that is there um and i think grassroots movements will keep them accountable and other parties um so like this is unfortunate timing on that and i think it comes back to that look there's priorities here um I do want to clarify, though, because I think there's been a lot of misinformation around this whole Shannon uh, campaign. Um, Hazel Chu, uh, what, there, there was a decision not to make have a selection convention for various reasons, and these are all in, have been leaked to the media. It was due to time. It was due to people just not wanting to nominate a senator. It was uh, for various reasons. Um, but there was also a vote taking place to block anybody from running, and that didn't pass. So she's perfectly within Green Party rules and procedures and constitutionally allowed to do this. Um, and, and I don't like, th- there's been some comments made that she's got, gone totally against it. And that's that's not true. Um, and mm-hmm. I have supported her uh, on her run as well. I think it's important, particularly yeah. given the year that she has had. Um, it's, it's more important than ever to, to elevate uh, the voices of those who are not currently represented in, in the office. Of course. Um- I want to touch on one point you said, which was about um, maybe sort of the, the cabinet are in a dodgy enough position where on one hand, you know, they can't support Hazel too because they would lose sort of the goodwill they have with the government. But the question I kind of want to throw to you is like, what has the goodwill gotten them so far? Because it doesn't seem to be doing very much for them. You know, most people now, nowadays, and this may be uh, isolated to the group of people that maybe I talk to surrounding this, would kind of say, well, since the Greens have gone into government, there's been maybe a couple of bike lanes introduced here and there. But a lot of the time it's been, you know, voting against housing proposals, uh, paying student nurses and a plethora of other things, you know, like where does it kind of, where does the line draw for the Green Party with the concessions they're going to make? Yeah, I think the, the, the goodwill, uh, I'm not privy to this information. Um, sometimes it can be very difficult for me to see as well. And I get very frustrated with it, like, what the hell are we doing this for? Um, I, I suppose it would have been very interesting to let um, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael bring together their own program for government and then compare the one that the Greens got through um, mm-hmm. with them. Uh, like I can see a lot of our policy clearly being in there. I think we got a lot in because to be honest, it's hard to argue. I think it's hard to argue against a lot of uh, Green Party policy. It, it's evidence-based. 
it's quite progressive um, and it uh, it puts you know the environmentalism sustainability people power to quality all at its core and i mean that's the stuff that is good uh, and and is easily adopted by other parties and that's also why i think the green party has been effective both in opposition as well it's bringing other people on side um so yeah it's, it's a question that's difficult to answer what would it be like without us um but i i suppose as well like on CETA, moving CETA from that initial debate in December, I presume that took a lot of bargaining um, if, on behalf of, uh, well, between the, the party leaders and, and between the, the, the parties in government. Um, I don't think that's really noted or appreciated. Um, and it doesn't make up for the fact that we have to vote against all of these motions coming through. I, I, I do want to note though as well, I found it very frustrating for the first few months until I kind of understood um, I would have a lot of time for TDs like NASA Harrigan and Patrick Costello and, and, and Francis Duffy and Catherine Martin uh, in particular. Um, and it was, you know, a bit upsetting to see, although NASA went, did go a bit rogue at the start and voted against on certain things I, I, um, and voted like with the opposition on certain things. Um, she then started showing the party nine and she clarified that. She's like, well, look, I can't change this with my one vote and I will be cast out from the party and I could probably do more being inside. So she just doesn't vote for bills that are promoted by the opposition. Mm. Um, and, and I think like it's politically very savvy to bring up all the dirty laundry or the things that we need to uh, that we've always been sending up for, you know, greyhounds, um, like um, the LNG, like all of these things that we campaigned on um, and to see us voting against. I mean, that's, it's politically awful. It looks terrible. Uh, but I think it, it, it's more understandable that like that's why some Green TDs are, are voting in favour of these things when they fundamentally disagree with them. Um, and, you know, a, there's no excuse for student nurses. At the end of the day, I know a lot of people voted Green. Um, much more than in previous years, people voted for me as well, and I told them what I thought. And I'm, I would be, it, it would be hard for me to run again. I have to say and go back to knock on the doors where I told people like, yeah, health and housing are my priority, and it needs a green um, shield or a, a green um, kind of visor above it all. Um, but it is Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael policy, which is I think holding back this part of this government, and the Greens have made it somewhat better. Uh, by being in government, um, and and that's just the reality of the situation that we're in. Like the, the vast majority of members did vote to go into government, mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to come to this position. Um, I know other members who are still here might have similar opinions, and other members have since left um, because they can't stomach it, and that's so fair, and it's very valid. Um, but yeah, th this is the situation that we're in, and uh, the Greens are little bit messy uh, because of all of these reasons. I, I asked this next question in um, very much full knowledge that I, I am going to make the assumption that COVID-19 had a huge role to play in the reason why this government exists in the first place. I think anyone, even from Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael, can agree that the only reason they went into coalition was, well, I would argue there's two points. One, because of the 
implementation of a Sinn Féin possible government and the other one would have been because of COVID. Um, do you think that possibly if this was, you know, and I suppose this is a big if, if COVID didn't come along um, and, you know, the government, uh, the Greens were to say, well, if we don't get what we want, we're dropping out of this government tomorrow. You know, would there be more to be said for them dropping out of government? And because, you know, uh, by all accounts, the the uh, Sinn Féin's uh, numbers seem to be on the rise. Fianna Fáil seems to be tanking at the moment. You know, there, there's probably the biggest opportunity for a left wing government with the Greens, in, in at least in your opinion. And I know I, I'm asking you to speak on a very big if, um, but would it be more of a sense to that they could get more out of, uh, say, stepping back uh, from the government and allowing another election to be held? Um. Yeah, I think for the reps who were in there and the program for government, they got passed. Um, they want to get the stuff done in it. They need the five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, I get very upset about, you know, particularly health uh, in this government. Like if there's ever a wake up call this country needs, like it was COVID and um, health, uh, the minister hasn't been super um uh, well, he's a different person, so I can say what I like. Uh, he hasn't been very good on certain aspects, and it's been a bit of a mess. And I think there's uh, the public buy-in is just gone. I see it. Like I'm living in Dublin now, and like level five watt, um, it's just not happening. Um, and there's various other things that I think are, are not uh, okay um, on this. Sorry, I'm rambling again. What was your question? So I can. I can uh, do you uh, think that maybe the Greens, if it wasn't oh yeah, dro- pulling the plug, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think to be honest. Um, my feeling um, is that where when a minority party goes into government, you inevitably lose seats, you lose support. Uh, it's uh, exacerbated by bills coming forward from the opposition that we have to vote against because we're a part of the government. And, you know, that, and that's totally fair. Um, at the end of the day, we're accountable to the voter. Um, so I think, you know, for a lot of TDs and, you know, where we took the fifth seat and the fifth seater, like it just makes sense to stay for the entire thing. Um, and try try get our aspects uh, inputted. Like, and if people disagree with that, that's totally fair. I don't like to think that we're enabling a very crappy government. But I, you noted as well there that like we could have our first left wing government. I would love that. Um, this was always my thing. But unfortunately, I think even the position we might just fall a little bit short. Like that independence, they tend to be right wing. They tend to be parish pump. I don't think they would have a place in a. Sinn Féin, Sopdem, Labour, Green, PBP government, and like even now the numbers aren't there. Um, Sinn Féin are on the rise, but they're sucking the votes also from left-wing parties. They're definitely not taking it from Fine Gael voters, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and uh, maybe bring the topic back to where we initially started, yeah. which was, was CETA. Um, <laughs> and I kind of want to ask one question, you know, obviously back in February, I think it was over Sinn Féin, uh, put out this sort of, and I wouldn't want to say call to arms in a sense, but they've put out this uh, tweet kind of uh, trying to gauge where other political parties stood on this agreement and wanted to sort of yeah. uh, bring together a cross-party uh, approach, you know, to prevent the ratification of CETA. You know, amongst amongst all those parties, you know, the Green, uh, the Young Greens were one of them. Uh, have you had much interaction with Sinn Féin surrounding this uh, or other youth wings for that matter? No, but I think that's come from our own inactivity, to be honest. Um, like there, there was a reach out, and we were like, for the community members that were left, we were like, oh, 100%. Um, and to be honest, I, I kind of would like to see this going forward. I have a lot of respect um, for any kind of young person who gets involved in in a political party. I think we need more people. I, I work in youth work, and like, I think there's a fantastic 
generation of climate activists in particular, you know, so they're like 15 to 20 ish now and they're, I hope they all run for the locals and they just take over. Um, but uh, obviously I would have more like political things to agree with, with, you know, the left-wing parties, Labour Youth, uh, over in Fein, um, the youth wing of the South Downs, I don't know, do they have an official name? Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I would love to see them take on environmental green policies because it just makes a lot of sense. I'll happily defend the ones that they might not agree with. Um, I don't like carbon tax and that's not green party policy. Uh, so, you know, that, that's the one that gets thrown at us all, uh, all the time. Um, the carbon tax policy that's there at the moment is actually a Fine Gael one. Um, so, yeah, 100%. I would love to see more cooperation on this because at the end of the day, um, I got involved in politics with, a, I suppose, a noble sense, it was very naive, um, that, you know, we can make a positive change. Um, it's quite clear maybe... If I was a savvier politician, I wouldn't be in the Green Party. I'd jump ship. Mm. Uh, but, you know, we need environmentalism and Green Party policy and the Green movement to become a part of other parties' policies, particularly the ones that are going to be going into government, um, Sinn Féin. So Sinn Féin, please steal out of our policy and implement it um, if we are not super strong in the next government. And definitely we'll chat to you, uh, if ever elected, about going into coalition because I think it, it has to happen and it has to be adopted by all the other political parties. Uh, I'll finish on one final question now, and it's a it's a broad enough question, and I think it kind of encapsulates everything we've talked about this evening. Uh, you know, obviously we talked a bit about the Green Party and the Young Greens as a whole, kind of you know starting afresh. I would kind of assume is the the role at this stage. But but what is, in your personal opinion, um, what is the future of both the Young Greens and the Green Party. Mm. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, like this is all a personal opinion um, and it's all what ifs. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, sorry, that's the, that's the simple answer. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's always going to be a Green movement. Um, I still think, yeah, we might get, um, I, I don't think we'll keep, keep all of our seats are expanding it. I think it was very naive to think so. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of survival mode now. I just hope that we're not damaging the green movement um, by, you know, voting against paying nurses, you know, this this kind of stuff. And then we never really are, unfortunately. Um, but look, I, th I think the repercussions and the, the legacy of the Greens being in government right now will probably be appreciated later down the line. I hope it will. Um, you know, to moving to a, a carbon neutral economy and or reducing even in the shorter term 50% uh, of our emissions in the next 10 years that is the catalyst for massive change you know better agricultural practices better uh, investment in in public transport it's we, like we actually have to do it now it's not like oh will, will i put the, the western rail corridor in here will i uh, reopen the ross airline no like it's we need all of it um and Money is, is has never been cheaper, and and when you have these potential not only financial penalties but like legal implications to not uh, following it, well, like that's all the more motivation for whatever governments are in place in the future. So, like, yeah, I, I think there will be a future for the Green Party. Hopefully, I mean, 2011 was bad, and they still clung on, even if it was very very small. Um, I think as well as a much higher awareness of them. Uh, environmental and green issues and um, it, the rest of its politics. 
how do we play it? What candidates do we attract? Um, does it resonate with people? Um, I was always one for talking about the daily stuff and, and not so much the, the environmental things, but you know, sneaking that in and showing uh, this. Um, and that comes down to who we get elected next time around. Um, so yeah, it's, it's gonna be a tough few years, I think. Um, I probably immigrate anyway, so it'll be a nice little uh, break for my, me that isn't a, uh, that's amicable. Um, and on the young greens, um, I think it's important that particularly while we're in government that there is youth voice there. Um, and I have to say, uh, you, you noted there that like a lot of young greens in the past had noticed that they weren't relisted. That was very true, a absolutely. Um, since then, there have been some meetings with the parliamentary party, so all of the TDs and the senators, um, and some one-on-one -on -one meetings with the, the ministers. Um, we already met Roger Gorman, I mean, he's Department of Children and Youth, like it makes a lot of sense for us to meet them. And also Catherine Martin has been quite open as well, and it's in the, the calendar, plus other um, TDs, I have to say. So it, it's worthwhile us being here because, you know, without us, there's a bit of perspective lost. Um, so we'll be around for a bit, and I can't say much more after that, but I hope we're there and that the Green Party is comes back to its roots after what is inevitably going to be a, a difficult period for a lot of members in government, um, members like myself. Well, perfect, Rob. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for taking time out today to talk to me. Cheers. Thanks, Lauren.